The views and opinions expressed in Cold and Missing are exclusively those of the hosts. All parties mentioned are considered innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Cold and Missing also contains adult themes and languages. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Allie McLaughlin Solkowski. And I'm your co-host, Eli Solkowski. And this is Cold and Missing, where we cover cold cases and missing person cases. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Allie. And I'm Eli. And we're back at Cold and Missing on our 43rd episode. That's correct. Episode 43. Wow. What do you say? Wow. Wow. I thought you said, well, I was like, <laughs> oh, we're just going to go right into getting started. Okay. Um, but I love that energy. I think people enjoy that we get right to it. Well. <laughs> With that said, would you like to get us started? Yeah, let's just get into it. Okay, great. Episode 43. Uh, this is a missing persons case, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. So today I have for you a missing persons case, and this is the case of Nefertiti Trader. And this takes place in June of 2014 in Newcastle, Delaware. But first, a little bit about Nefertiti. Nefertiti, or Nefi as her family and friends call her, is 33 years old in 2014. She was born February 21st, 1981, and she would be 42 years old today. Nephi is a loving mother of three and is extremely close with her family. She talks with her mother every day, multiple times a day. Her cousin, William Trader, said she was, quote, an outgoing person. She is real fun to be around. And if you don't like her, you will love to not like her. She is a real good person, end quote. Nefertiti is described as an outgoing people person who lived life to the fullest. At this time, in 2014, she was on medical leave from her custodial job at Christiana Hospital as she was about to undergo a medical procedure. Nephi lived in a duplex in the Saddlebrook community in Newcastle, Delaware. This subdivision is a big square with an empty field in the middle, and there is only one way in and one way out. So the way you come in is the way you have to exit. There's just one road that runs through the subdivision. And now, a timeline of events. On Sunday, June 29th, 2014, I couldn't find a lot of details surrounding Nephi's movements earlier in the day, but what we do know is that in the evening, she took her cousin William, who also lived with her, to work, and when she returned home, she watched the BET Awards. After the award show ends, her and her mother, Denise Trader, talk on the phone to discuss the award show. Now, it's unclear if Nephi goes to sleep or if she has insomnia, but early the next morning, so this would be Monday, June 30th, 2014, around 3.30 a.m., Nephi leaves her home to go to a nearby 7-Eleven. It was about a seven-minute drive from her home. According to her family, it was normal for her to go to 7-Eleven to get coffees for her and her daughter. Police are able to confirm that Nephi does go to the 7-Eleven and buys a pack of Newport cigarettes, two coffees, and a loaf of bread. There is no surveillance footage of her at the 7-Eleven, but she was a regular there and the clerk recognized her in her pink sweatsuit. The clerk did say that it was unusual for Nephi to be there at 7-Eleven at that time. Nephi's two oldest teenage children were at the home during this outing. Her 17-year-old son heard a noise early in the morning and went downstairs to investigate but didn't see anything, so he went back to bed. 
At around 4 a.m., a neighbor, his name is Joe Robinson, he happened to be up at that time, and he noticed that Nephi's front porch light lit up. When he went to go look out the second-story window, he saw someone dragging Nephi into her 2000 Acura RL and putting her in the back seat. The person was wearing tan shorts and a black hoodie. By the time Joe got downstairs, the car is gone. Joe says that he hesitated calling police because he was unsure if someone was sick and was taken to the hospital. He says, quote, Had I known something was going on like that, I wouldn't have hesitated. It bothers me. I hope they find her. End quote. According to Officer Tracy Duffy with the Newcastle County Police, quote, The witness saw her speaking to someone, but they weren't able to tell if it was a male or female, and then they forced her into the vehicle. End quote. As the day breaks on June 30th, Nephi's family began calling her as this was their usual routine. When her mother is unable to get a hold of her, she thinks that maybe Nephi had returned to work early and this would explain why her cell phone was off. Denise decides to head over to Nephi's house around 6 p.m. that day when she would have normally returned home from work. When her mother arrives at Nephi's house, she notices several strange things. She finds a loaf of bread that someone had stepped on in the front yard. On the front porch are two coffees, a pack of Newports, and an unopened condom on a chair. And then Nephi's flip-flops were laying near each other by the front door. But there are no signs of Nefertiti at her home. Her mother is worried since Nephi is not home and her car is gone. Denise decides to return to her home and try Nephi's cell phone one more time. When she doesn't pick up, Denise reports her missing at 9.37 p.m. Now, presumably from here, the police do begin to investigate, but the next update we get is July 2nd, so this would just be two days after her abduction. Police have been unable to track down Nephi's car. After the vehicle left her home, it was seen on surveillance footage passing a nearby Verizon store, but this is the last time that the vehicle is caught on surveillance. And to date, the car has never been found. Police asked for the public's help in looking for Nephi's car. On July 15th, so this is just 15 days, Officer Tracy Duffy says, quote, We think that she knew her abductor, but we can't rule out that it was a stranger. End quote. So the summer comes and goes, and then the next update I could find is in October of that same year. So this would be three months after Nefertiti's abduction. Police at this time have no strong leads and no solid information, according to Tracy Duffy. There is a rumor that Nephi's cell phone was powered on a few weeks after her abduction and then powered off again very quickly, but police refuse to confirm or deny this rumor. On Monday, November 17th, 2014, so this is four and a half months now, Denise Trader, Nephi's mom, speaks out in the local media against the Newcastle County Police claiming that they are not doing enough to find her daughter. Denise says, quote, it eats me up a whole lot. There's not a day that goes by that I don't wonder where she's at and when she'll be back, end quote. Police say the case is still open and active, but Denise spends most of her free time driving around looking for Nephi's car. Denise believes that if you find the car, you'll find Nephi. On Saturday, February 21st, 2015, this is almost eight months Nefertiti has been gone, family gather for what should have been Nephi's 34th birthday. Nefertiti and her mother Denise share birthdays, so they usually had a family dinner together and then the family went out to celebrate the mother-daughter duo. But this year's gathering is much more subdued. Denise says, quote, I talk to her all the time. 
I tell her, get ready to get home, baby. Get prepared. End quote. Police do say that since Nephi's abduction, there have been no cell phone activity and no bank activity. In June of 2015, so this is one year now, the FBI get involved and they offer a $30,000 reward for information leading to Nephi. Nephi's cousin, Corey Trader, says, quote, We need to know if Neff's alive. We need to know if she's gone. It's just hard to have that lingering over your head. It's been a year. You know, Neff done missed her birthday and her kids' birthdays, end quote. Police say her car is still missing and they don't have any leads and there aren't any tips coming in regarding the case. And then it appears that the case does get pretty cold. The next update I could find came from 2017. So this would be three years that Nefertiti has been gone. And the FBI believe that she is deceased and she's declared legally dead. And this is just three years after her abduction. In February of 2018, despite the hearing that declared Nephi as legally dead, Denise, her mother, still believes that her daughter is alive. Denise has heard rumors that a woman was seen in Wilmington, Delaware, that looked like Nephi. She says, quote, I've heard that some girl has been spotted in ShopRite over on South Market Street. Some girl who resembles her has been spotted over there, unquote. And now, this piece is not necessarily connected to Nefertiti's case, at least not officially, but it did seem relevant to share in the timeline of events. So, in November of 2020, a man named Roddy Prince is on trial for shooting five of his co-workers, three of which died in 2017. After killing his co-workers in Maryland, he drove to Delaware to try and kill a business owner he does end up shooting this man, but he survives. During the trial, it is revealed that on February 22, 2014, Roddy Prince was jumped outside of Club Rubble early in the morning and Nephi was a witness to this. Nephi was with Roddy during the attack. They had been sitting in her car when five or six men pulled Prince from the passenger seat and attacked him. Nephi told police that she couldn't see any of the attackers because the attack happened towards the back of her vehicle and on the ground. After the attack, Roddy Prince admits that everything changed for him and he became suspicious of everyone. He believed that the men who attacked him and Nephi were paid by the local businessman to attack him. This is the same man that Roddy will try to shoot and kill in 2017. Nephi would go missing four months after this attack in 2014, but Prince has never been charged in relation to her disappearance. But that is the last update that I could find for Nefertiti Trader. If you know anything about the abduction of Nefertiti Trader or her whereabouts today, you are encouraged to call the Newcastle County Cold Case Squad at 302-395-2781. And the sources for the timeline today come from the News Journal, ABC6, ABC7, and News1. So that is the case of Nefertiti Trader. Thank you for bringing this case to light. Like I say, I think pretty much every episode at this point, I, I don't understand how I haven't heard about it. And I don't understand how this isn't solved. I, I was shocked when like, kind of continuously when you kept saying 2014. Mm-hmm. And that it was, it aligned so close with something um, pretty terrible happening a few months prior 
directly relating to her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot jumped out immediately. But honestly, the most disturbing thing was my body had a full reaction when you said the loaf of bread was stepped on and that there was a condom there. Mm-hmm. I was just like, the mark of the bread of a footstep in the a foot imprint in the bread to me like that sounds like a struggle mm-hmm. and then the this my body like it was like repulsed i think because mm-hmm. i was like that's fucking planned mm-hmm. and that's disgusting i just was upset because well i i was i was scared listening to you tell me that so I was just listening to it, so I imagine that she was probably really scared. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It was really scary, like, hearing what you said. I guess I wanted to know, like, what you thought. Like, how is this not solved? I don't understand. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. The um, event that happened about four months before she disappeared, I could only find one news source that talked about this or that made this connection. So that was the News Journal. So just a shout out to the News Journal and their writing. Um, Yeah, thank you. I mean. But they made this connection and they're the only ones that I found that wrote about it in this way. But it does seem like this would be a place to begin an investigation. And. A huge place. Yeah. I was like, how is it not? Right. Because. You know, the um, officer, the spokesperson, Officer Tracy Duffy, did say that they believed that the abductor was known to her. And there are a couple of clues at the crime scene that kind of indicate this. Like, the coffees were not spilled, right? They were set down. So that would indicate that she either, you know, got to the front door, set them down, or she felt comfortable enough to like talk to someone and set them down. There's a lot of questions too because no other car was seen because there is a witness in this, the neighbor who lived a few houses down it seems like based off of the description saw the abduction take place and there was no other car mentioned at least to the media. There was no other car mentioned. So this person whoever did this how did they get there? That's a big question that I have. That's what I think that's why I was emphasizing the planned part. It's mm-hmm. like, were you watching? But again, it was kind of odd for her to be out at that hour. So was there a planned like meeting? Like, was she going to meet somebody? Was somebody going to swing by to talk? Like, mm-hmm. um, That's what I meant, I guess, more to emphasize again, that it's very scary. It's like, was that person in one place for multiple days watching and waiting. Totally, yeah. That's what I'm saying. But I also think it's a great point that what you, like what you just said, I mean, there's tons of ways it could have happened that this person, Mm -hmm. you know, what seems like just appeared or whatever. Yeah. And one person saw it. But, Mm -hmm. like, if it's dark, they said they couldn't tell the gender of the Mm -hmm. person. Like, that person... You know, if they had brought a condom that was maybe going to be used to, like, prevent DNA or whatever, mm-hmm. 
maybe they were wearing gloves, too, you, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, her cigarettes, her shoes, and the coffees were found on the porch table. Oh, her shoes. Mm-hmm, her shoes were her found. Her shoes were up on the table? They weren't up on the table. They were, like, kind of kicked off near the front door. But they were near each other. They weren't, like, scattered around the front yard. They were near each other by the front door. Yeah, it was, it, it, what, what it sounds like to me is that she basically, like, completely disarmed herself as if she was about to walk inside. Mm-hmm. Like, put every, like, kicked off her shoes, set, the, like, the stuff down to open the door. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, maybe where. Yeah, the family did think it was strange that the shoes were on the outside. That, that was weird to them. And out of the normal, like, she wouldn't leave her shoes on the front porch. Like, her shoes would be inside. Oh, God. So. That's even more disturbing. There's. Uh. Yeah, there's, like, a thought that, like, maybe she was sitting down, having a cigarette, drinking her coffee. And somebody that she knew. Was like, oh, hey. Right. Stop by, whatever. Um. Because her family said she wouldn't talk to somebody she didn't know at this hour. Like, they were pretty sure about that. That if some stranger had just, like, started talking to her, she wouldn't have engaged this person. That doesn't mean that... Me either. I would have immediately walked inside. If, at 3 a.m. outside of our home... Right. No. I would walk in and lock my door. I'm not doing it. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, maybe that is what happened. Because also there's the idea, like, maybe she was just walking to the front door, put the coffees down on the front porch table get her keys, unlock the door, mm-hmm. and then somebody, like, grabs her, snatches her out of her shoes, essentially, and the struggle happens. She has the bread in her hand because she's still trying. She was unlocking the door. She kept that. That gets stepped on. She gets put in her car. But this person, whoever did this, like, they are banking that, you know, she has her keys on her. They're able to get the car keys from her. Like, it's there are elements of it that seemed very pre-planned, but then also elements of it that it's like, this was just like sheer randomness. Like, Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's speculative. It could be so many things. Right. But it seems like, to me, the biggest lead at this point would be speaking to Roddy Prince. And, and in her home, I'm sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. but just before we keep moving on, in her home, she lived with her mother a sister or she lived alone so she lived with her children two of which were home at this time and she usually brought a coffee home for her daughter mm-hmm. okay and her 17 year old son did hear a commotion early in the morning went downstairs didn't see anything and went back to bed we don't know and then her cousin also lived with her but he was at work during this time i believe And I don't know the timeline as far as the kids go, because I assume they wake up and they know their mom's not there. They would be confused. You said her nephew lived with her? Her cousin. Who is her cousin? That's her cousin, William. She had dropped him off at work earlier that evening. Yeah, to emphasize the theory of it it was possibly a planned attack, they are... With knowing that information about her cousin, William, they're banking on the fact that an adult male won't be in the home Mm -hmm. who's working a third shift. Mm -hmm. And if he's, where does he work? I I couldn't find that information. Yeah. Well, I mean, third shift at that time, I'm I'm just going to like, based on like statistics, I'm going to go ahead and assume that maybe William's a big dude, Mm -hmm. you know, 
like the f- because the fact that there is like a young son there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know physically know these people, but like if you're banking on it, if you're if you if you know, okay, she lives with a couple of people who's going to be home. Oh, this guy's going to be out of there. This is a good time. Everyone's going to be asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, like rarely is she home alone. And this is like the best case scenario of being alone when people are kind of incapacitated by sleep mm-hmm. and um, you know, the biggest person isn't around. And not really that I'm leaning towards like gender. It's more just like size. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that's all makes a lot of sense. And then the question just like that remains in that scenario is like, how do you get her outside? How do you make sure she goes to the seven eleven? How do you, you know, how do you get her outside of her home? Mm-hmm. That that's why I and, think that that quite possibly because it is three thirty a.m. and everyone is kind of saying the odd thing about it all is like yes it's yes it's commonplace for her to be going to the seven eleven mm-hmm. yes the the things that she buys yes 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 I don't think that second coffee was for her daughter I think the second coffee was for someone that she was meeting up with and mm-hmm. that person is. Yeah, and, you know, her cell phone being taken and that, you know, I think that would have a lot of evidence on it. Who was the last person to contact her? And I don't know if they, why they wouldn't be able to get that information from the cell phone carrier themselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, To be able to pull that data of like the last phone numbers or the last texts. I feel like they should have been able to do this in 2014. And maybe they have and they just haven't released that information. And I understand that, again, like, that there's emphasis on keeping things under wraps. We, I understand that, but... But um, me and my Nancy Drew, like, this is where I would start. And, like, these are the things that I would want to, like, check off my list to, like, know. Because the attack seems targeted, but so chaotic and random. The stepped-on bread. That's the thing. It's so careless. Another thing that wasn't mentioned that I just have questions about is if the loaf of bread was in a plastic bag. And if so, what happened to that plastic bag? Because they don't mention it at the crime scene. It doesn't mean that it wasn't there. Maybe it just wasn't like that significant. But Well, yeah. And if there was a boot print in it, there's got to be a label in it. Like bread is a perfect medium to catch like a you know like a Nike print that's in the bottom of yeah or even some just cakes. some tread marks exactly you know? mm-hmm. it's really sad that there was a delay in getting the police involved in this it also really points to the possibility of it being personal because cigarettes are left behind shoes coffee like they don't take anything mm-hmm. they don't even go in the house no it was about her and the car has never been found to date. Her home, like just looking in Google Maps, it is not far from the Delaware River. So I don't, I couldn't find any reports that the river had ever been searched for a vehicle or anything like like that. um, What's what's the terrain? Or I mean, like, I guess I'm wondering, does it like rush really fast? Like if a car were to go in, is it going to dump over to a place where like it would be really hard to find it? I don't know. I think a lot of it depends on where it goes into the river, how deep it is at that part. What kind and of car is it? It is a silver 2000 Acura RL with Delaware license plates. 
Like a sedan, like just like a four-door. Yeah, four-door sedan. I have never found any evidence that it was searched in regards to Nefertiti's disappearance. But her family is holding out hope that she is alive and that she will come back to them. And again, if you know anything about Nefertiti's abduction in 2014 or her whereabouts today, you are encouraged to call the Newcastle County Cold Case Unit at 302-395-2781. Wow. Thanks for bringing this case to light. Yeah, and her case has been covered by other podcasts before. We're not the first. Usually we are, but um, in this case, we are not the first. But that's great. The I'm more glad people... we're yeah joining the ranks. Mm-hmm. I hope that like even if you're listening to us, you go and listen to the other episodes, to other podcasts who are doing it too, because it'll the name will start to like circulate. That's the thing is mm-hmm. that like if people are pressing play, even if it's not just on ours, that name. It'll appear in other algorithms. And, you know, while you're getting ready to go, maybe to that other podcast, if you could just give us a five stars, a thumbs up. Um, If you're an Apple podcast, if you could write us a review. Doing that actually really benefits the work that we're trying to do here as far as getting the names out there. The more written reviews we have in Apple podcasts, the more we pop up to other potential listeners who might be interested in this content and the more likely they are to click and listen if there's good reviews from our wonderful listeners. And we've gotten so many over the past few weeks. Thank you so much. Please share it with your friends. I'm sure you have friends that have similar interests as you. So please share our podcast with them. That's the best way uh, for us to get around. If you're not following us on Instagram, follow us there. We'll have lots of updates throughout the week and the gorgeous graphics that Eli makes. We put up every week from the people that we cover in our stories. And if you want to reach out to us, contact us in any way, you can go to our website, www.coldandmissing.com. From there, you can donate to us. You can leave a review there. You can find all of our past episodes. So with that, have a good week and stay safe, y'all. Stay safe, y'all.